Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Steady Focused. And that's right, we're live again. We're working these live broadcast conversations so we can bring you guys in and be part of um, the recordings. It's again, COVID has hit us. And so we're doing a lot of things remote. I'm your host. I'm your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. And in this episode, we got something very special. There's a man named Drew Hill. He's the owner and he's the head coach at Indunamu Strength and Conditioning. And not only has this man trained up multiple athletes to go on to collegiate careers, D1, D2, D3, but he starts them as young as seven years old, training them on how to use their body correctly so they don't get hurt and then steamroll that to the point that they can be masters and move through into the collegiate athletic divisions. This guy, um, he's been on my radar for a long time and I'll be honest, transparent, all three of our kids are currently being trained by Drew. So please help me give a big, steady, focused welcome to my friend, Mr. Drew Hill. Drew, what's up, dude? Awesome. So we like having him in the program. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how's, how's your day going? Welcome to the show, man. I appreciate you coming on and, and taking the time and let me just pick your brain and shine the light on your story. No, man, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's actually convenient that we have to do it online because my in-person free time ranges from zero minutes a day to a random 60 minute block. And so this is that perfect way to kind of fit it all in. Man, I, I got a bunch of questions I'm going to run through with you, but yeah. why, why the youth? Why do you, youth? why, yeah. Why the youth? Obviously you have extreme passion for training the youth. Um, why, what do you think well, that stems from? Honestly, um, it's like the youth youth or just like kids in general. Man, I would say kids, I'm I'm kind of becoming an older man. So yeah. uh, anything under 30, under 20 is, is that's kind of what I was yeah, that's kind of what yeah. I was eyeballing at was uh, some people when they say youth, they're like, why the seven-year-olds? And then some yeah. people think, why the 18-year-olds? Yeah. Um honestly, I uh in high school, coaches meant a lot to me, impact-wise, sports meant a lot to me. Um, but it wasn't until I made it into college and I began getting coached by guys who this was their job. Um, that I realized it could be could have been done a little better. Um, mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I didn't understand recruiting had become an online or an internet-based thing. I didn't realize uh, how important training was. I suffered a lot of injuries in high school. I had to have surgery before I came to play in college. Um, and as I was in college, I realized it could have still been done better. You know, there was still a limitation there. And it kind of started a passion into me to be like, what if I took this thing that we're doing at the college level and that is being done professionally. And what if we could find a really good way to apply to kids at the lower levels so that when they're in college, it's not like, man, you already have years of bad experiences and you have all these problems and I'm going to basically have to break you down to turn you back into something. And so that, yeah. that began to make me want to work with these underage populations. That's awesome to hear you describe it like that. Cause I, I had recently talked with my son Kingston, you know, he's nine now and I had a pretty strong high school career of athletics, but I was totally ignorant to going to the next level 
no one in my family knew anything about it other than they were just like, Hey, you're lifting, you know, you're, you're good. We enjoy watching you play. But as far as encouragement or I, I was totally in the blue uh, out in the middle of nowhere, as far as what to do, you know, I wasn't on the radar with the coaches to be at one of the top two or three guys that they were going to push. assist, push, put the videos together, make the calls. You know, I'm very thankful for my life. It ended up going another ro- route. Um, and it's all good, but that's what I tell Kingston. It's it's super cool to have you as kind of this. Um, I, I don't know what the liaison. Yeah, almost uh, like a bridge. Yeah, exactly, like a bridge. So, man, what was your college career? What talk uh, about? I, I'm, I'm I don't yeah, know about it. Yeah, so it's um it's one of those cool cool stories, but tragic stories. Um, so I was in Midwestern for two years, and I got to. Um, do a little bit of football. I actually never even got to uh, be one of those guys that traveled. Uh, my recruitment at Midwestern was kind of self-done and it was late. And so what happened was, is I was recruited to go play in Arkansas and other out-of-state schools. And my now wife girlfriend came to me one day and I really hadn't decided where I wanted to go play. And she said, I'm going to Midwestern for dental hygiene. And I was like, that's cool. Uh, where's that? At? She's like, Wichita Falls. My grandma lives in Vernon. My parents are on Shepherd. And I was like, man, that might be a cool place for me to go play football. And she was like, oh, that's that's fine. Like, she didn't think anything of it. She's like, this kid's about to go to Arkansas. Eventually, we'll break up. Or he's going to go to Oklahoma. Eventually, we'll break up. And uh, I sent them my tapes. And they're like, yeah, come on. Like, let's go ahead. Let's, let's get you in here and integrate it into our program. And so I came to her one day and I said, hey, I am, I'm going to Midwestern to play football. And she's like, oh. She, in her mind, she thought we were going to break up at some point and out of nowhere. And I didn't realize that you could self-recruit. I was just waiting for letters and waiting for opportunities to go visit schools. Um, and I went to a very small school. And so those were not, you know, we just weren't very well known. And so I wasn't getting the volume you might have wanted. Um, and then a couple of years in, I basically was too broke to play football in college. And people don't understand that the support you need is pretty big. Most kids aren't getting any kind of scholarship at a division two until their senior year. And uh, I, I was paying for college out of cash and on academic scholarships. And I was just running out of income. And I kind of had this push shove situation where it was either, um, you know, not be able to afford college or get a job on campus. And I basically kind of prayed and I was like, God, if, if, I don't get an on-campus job that pays for the rest of my cost of living. Then I'll keep playing football and I guess you'll help me find another way. And I got a job like immediately in the housing department. And so took off the helmet, took off my cleats. Um, and that's when my collegiate football career ended. But my collegiate powerlifting career started immediately after that. Awesome, dude. Um, so what is the town that you're from? Are you from Texas? So I was an Air Force brat. I was born in Texas, actually born in Abilene. I was an Air Force brat until I was 13. Okay. And then we settled in a town called Gunner, Texas. We're actually great at football. The coach there, his first year was my first year on varsity as a sophomore. And so he coached me. Um, and I got to, I mean, just be poured into a guy that was really passionate and was good at coaching football. And uh, that's kind of what instigated some of my desire to be a strength coach was, uh, you know, by the time I was a sophomore in high school, I was the strongest kid at my school. And so I clearly was like, I like this and I enjoy this. And this is very important to me. Um, but being at that small school, having a new coach who didn't have a lot of connections, it was basically like, you got lucky. Mm-hmm. If somebody was in town recruiting somebody else and they saw you, yeah, they might send you a letter. So that was it. 
So it, you're in college, and tell me if this is this is true, but I, I've kind of put together a few things, and I think this is true. You're in college, and you discover, hey, man, I can eat a little Caesar's pizza once a day mm-hmm. for five bucks, yep. and it's going to basically give me around 2,800 calories, solid protein, yep. and you kind of lived on that, right? Yep. So this goes back to the poverty story. Uh, it it was one of those situations where I just like did not have the funds or the income to, to do what I needed to do. And I was like, well, Lucy's just five bucks. And I looked at it and I was like, I can eat a whole pizza. And this whole pizza is going to do everything. And it's got about over hundred grams of protein. It's got the calories. If I can afford protein shakes, that's a bonus. And that was a big part of my supplemental survival fund uh, for making it through college, which was huge. I mean, uh, you know, I'm in this awesome facility now, but most of my, um, 18 and up, you know, life has been, I mean, you take a penny and you pinch it as hard as you can. And uh, that's one of the reasons we've been able to grow. But yeah, no, I've, I've helped a lot of kids on the Little Caesars philosophy too. Yeah. Because like you can gain weight on that if you can eat more than just that one pizza a day. Man, that's, oh, I love that. And I love that, that you are an example of hard work paying off, you know, obviously, obviously, you know, you're still a very young man. We've got a long life ahead of us. You're right. Yeah. Hey, who knows though? Right. Who knows? Um, But just the fact that you were at that point where it's like, yeah, I have $5. This is it. This is my only meal today. And I'm smart about it. I'm still counting my macros. I'm still looking at my caloric intake, man. Yeah. That. And, uh, but back then it didn't seem like I was being clever back then. It was just, okay. oh, this, this is my only option. So it makes right. all the sense in the world. And now I can look back and be like, man, I can't believe that I was just like, this is what I got to do today and I'll do it. And so. Did it ever feel like an option for you to not be your own boss once you were done with school? Hmm. Or did you know, like, hell, there's no, there's no doubt. This is what I'm going to do. I don't, you know, it's crazy. I was, uh, assisting as a strength coach. So I was helping with the strength conditioning department for about two years. And uh, the idea was that I was going to go on as more long-term staff in Midwestern, or I was going to go to TCU as a strength coach. And so I was ready to be a pupil for years. You know, I was going to follow the path of my friends. Um, And then professors started to come to me and be like, Hey, I have a kid. I listen to you in class. I know you do this. I know you've done this. Um, And I want my kid to be like trained by you because the coaches at school just aren't cutting it for us. And uh, one kid turned into a handful to where I was in the summer, you know, running the football group and then I'd have like private training kids come in and then I'd run a football group with them and I'd have private training kids come in. Um, And I was the assistant or I was the performance director at a physical therapy studio um, where I would also like obtain some clients and work there and they sold. And it was this weird storm of like, we were going to have less strength coaches for some reason. We had like a budget thing. Uh, that place was gone and I'd always been pretty independent in my life. Um, and I thought, I think I can, I'm going to try this. And if it fails, I'll have my master's degree in a year and a half. And I'm just going to go to TCU with my wife and we're just going to go start in Fort Worth. Okay. And so it just, it just didn't fail. You know, that's basically what happens. You talk, you mentioned you have a master's degree. You mm-hmm. also have multiple papers that are published mm-hmm. in research journals. Mm-hmm. Why is mental strength important to you? Man, you know, that's actually a great question. Um, 
I've, I've just found that in life, in like all these areas, um, it's kind of like pushing a car up a hill. I tell these to, this to kids a lot. It's like pushing a car up a hill. Like once the car gets rolling and you're moving, it's tough. But if you have this big goal of you know, getting the car to the top of the hill, the second you stop, the car comes back on top of it. And it was kind of at that point that I realized that, that I was like, I just don't want to stop. There's a reason I still train competitively for weightlifting. Um, there's a reason I'm still pursuing growth for the business. There's a reason I have another publication we're working on, uh, another study now with Midwestern and Dr. Mm-hmm. Troy and, and one of the other professors there. And I just know that the second that I just say, this is too much, I just want to like pull back a bit. Is the moment I don't think I'll be able to do it again. I probably would. Okay. But I convinced myself a long time ago, push the car. Just always push the ball. Okay. Okay. Well, right there, we're, let's talk about being overwhelmed and feeling yeah. like, I don't know if I can do this. I can't do this. I'm freaking out. But still feeling like it's something you should do. So how do you mm-hmm. make the balance of, I'm going to take this on versus, Drew, you got too much on your plate. Yeah, pull back. Um, I would say I'm, I'm pretty bad about that. If you ask my wife, she calls me to work a holiday jokingly. Okay. Um, you know, and so that honestly would be one of my greater weaknesses in the summer. You'll catch me up here a hundred hours a week. Um, even right now during our slow time, you'll catch me between 60 and 80 hours a week here. And, uh, I think my childhood produced a little bit of mental stamina being so broke in college produced a little bit of mental stamina. And at this point I I'm able to see what's valuable. And then I can look at something and be like, that's not worth it. And I just turn those things down and I double down on what's valuable. Um, it's kind of like, I'm going to strengthen my strengths and mm. something that may not be valuable. I'm not going to strengthen it. You know, it's just an unnecessary thing to spend energy on. And so that's, yeah. that's kind of been it. It's, it's hard to boil that down and give it to somebody and be like, here, drink this. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, most of life experiences require some experiencing. So there you go. I first saw you doing almost a comical video promoting Indunamu. I mean, this was, I I don't even, it must've been when you guys were kind of first going on. This is probably a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and I thought, man, who is, you know, who is this guy? What's this guy doing? Um, I'm going to let you know, that means it works. Exactly. And you're like, what is this guy doing? Exactly. And, you know, I'm obviously in the AV world, audio, mm-hmm. visual, multimedia, but that seems to be a passion of yours as well. And you seem to have gotten a great grasp at, and it might just be out of curiosity, trial and error, but of social media. I think so. Um, with uh, I say it all the time, without social media, I don't think I would exist in Wichita Falls business wise because uh, it was it's a free platform. And I just I made a decision too a long time ago and I said post once a day. And at the end of the year, if I haven't made any in, like growth off of this, okay. I need to stop. Okay. And that was like six years ago. Okay. And so six years ago, I realized, man, like this is so valuable. And I'm, I'm not a super serious guy. You know, some people come to me and they just want hard facts and they want numbers. And, you know, my college, day, my college guys, my pro combine guys, you know, it doesn't really matter what my personality is. If I can't take two tenths of a second off their 40 yard dash. Okay. Where's my value? But then a guy like you who might need to see a joke or might need to see yeah. it put in a different perspective. It's very well, important. And so, yeah, or maybe that mom who yes. is cruising and she's like, oh, I want my son to go hang out with him or my daughter. Maybe. Yeah. And, and this needs to be fun, especially when you're looking at those seven to 11 year olds. Really, like, man. You got to structure in a way that they like. This is cool. I enjoy it. Yeah. This. Man. 
I got that. I was looking at when we had the kids over at um, mm-hmm. Indunamu, and this week we got all three of them in there, first time ever. And you know, we're at the age where they can all be in there, so it's exciting yeah. for us. And hey, Dad, come down here. Have there's a new trophy case, and so we're checking yeah. out your new trophy case. And I'm looking, and I see I did something like deadlift winner night yeah. of the lifting dead. Yeah. And dude, that that night was a big night for me as well because I was there as the MC on the mic hyping re- the crown. Okay. Yes. It's funny you say that because we were all like, dude, this guy's not getting paid enough. I specifically remember the MC yes. going crazy. And we're like, who is this guy? How much is he getting paid? And Mike goes, oh, he just said he was going to do it. And I was like, yes. this guy is going crazy dude i went off and i was just feeding on you guys's energy yeah so and i and then i told the story to the kids that night was i didn't know it but that's also when i met mike Badalino. yeah i didn't know who he was and that's when the first time i saw Brittany, my fiance that i'm gonna marry in a couple of weeks yeah so that was a massive night and just drew was there man how cool is that yeah no i was crazy i didn't realize that was you uh yeah because I've done a couple of Mike's things, you know, I, I don't ever train for events like that, but I'm in the strength world. And so if a local guy's doing something cool, I want to support it as long as I can physically or financially. And so, yeah, pretty awesome. So this, it makes me now that I, we mentioned Mike Badalino and having you on is a, it, it's a, like a, a culmination or a creation, a, a completion, so to say mm-hmm. of a trilogy yeah. That I believe started on episode 65. We had Landon Watts. He runs Lakeview Life Center, in Iowa Park, buff. You know, he's a great dude and big influence on me mentally and physically. Then we got Mike Badalino, brought him in on episode 70. And, you know, we've done a lot of stuff together again, mentally, physically, big influence. And now here we are, episode 87. I got Drew Hill on. So, I don't know. I may just die well, at the end yeah. of this. And, and we're and good. I, I, think we're good. I think it's cool that the community of strength or just, you know, athletes in general, Wichita Falls is growing. Yeah. It's growing in a cool way because all three of those guys you mentioned, people love and they're very important for the community around here. Because um, like this weekend, we're hosting a powerlifting event and like I'm not, it's not going to pay my bills. It's going to take my Saturday, you know, and but I'm going to love it. And it's important that we try and do that kind of stuff for the yes. culture of Wichita Falls. Yeah, it it's cool. And it, I love that I'm in this world and I'm talking with you guys and you know, I'm, I've got the kids coming up in it and they have this opportunity. And again, about you linking them to the future. So mm-hmm. man, uh, talk about the name Indunamu and yeah. where did you come up with that? So, um, so the second I got done with football in college, I desperately needed a passion and actually going back to uh, uh, Mike, Mike, one of Mike's really good friend, Chris, he uh, he was a powerlifter in college. Um, and he was actually, I think he helped with the exercise physiology department. And uh, he was just watching me squat at the wellness center one day. And I was this little, you know, uh, 19-year-old kid squatting 500 pounds, doing a couple of reps. And he goes, hey, man, do you realize that you're like kind of strong and you might want to do powerlifting? You know, I'm on the football team, and so I'm squatting against other guys who are squatting 500 pounds. They may weigh more than me, but I didn't realize. And uh, so he pushed me into uh, training for powerlifting because I needed a passion. I needed something that was outside of football. And uh, I was like, yeah, I want to do that. 
And at the same time, I was really diving deep into my faith. I decided to read the Quran. Um, I decided to reread the Bible. I decided to study Greek context and Hebrew context in the Bible. And uh, a verse that I really loved in high school was called, uh, it was Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so me in high school, love lifting weights. I'm like, yeah, strength, you know, like beefed up. And then the context of the verse actually goes back. Paul's sick, old, dying in jail. And so he meant spiritual strength and mental determination and, and uh, character determination where he could push on. And then in the, the Greek text, the strength then actually means to be like endowed or given strength. And so like when we think strength, we're like I lift weights, I make myself strong. And in this situation, it was you have this system that makes you stronger. Something gives you strength. And so God gives you strength. Um, you know, for us, we want to be a part of the structure that gives kids physical strength, character strength, um, spiritual strength. And so when I realized how deep that verse could be in a verse that was already really clinging to the word strengthened in Greek is endonameo or endonamu for us Americans. And I loved it. it. It just spoke to me so hard. And so I made, it's actually how endonamu started was I made a website called endonamumacristo.com. And it was a strength and conditioning blog for people who are more like Christian or conservative uh, belief driven. Because if you went to any other, you know, strength training blog, it was like F this, and girls mm -hmm. this. And, and uh, I was like, well, I want to apply what I'm learning in college and in classes and then put this lens on it and then also be able to speak my faith. And at first it was like five clicks here and 10 clicks here. And then after about a year and a half, I was getting 30,000 clicks a month, which was, wow. Yeah. And that was at our peak. I was writing, I was almost doing two posts a day because I realized the formula to getting that many clicks was, um, post content, post push the yeah, content. content. Just, I was just making tons of content. So I'd spend hours on something deep in science and it would get a thousand views and be disappointed. I'd write an opinion piece in five minutes and it would get like 10,000 views. And I'd be like, Whatever, okay. man. I'm just going to post. I don't know what you guys are going to like. Um, I was invited to share my content at um, uh, Paleo. was really popular at the time. So I was writing stuff on like Paleo and uh, Ketogenic Cycle. And I was using stuff I was learning in class. And so they were using my content in conferences. And it was beyond. I actually started a t-shirt shop. That's why we have so many shirts. And I was funding some of my college life um, through t-shirt sales. Wow. Um, yeah. And so that's a story I don't get to tell a lot because... That was pre the powerlifting team, pre when we went brick and mortar in our first location. Yeah. And so that's why I had the name. And I just said, I'm going to carry this name as long as it's willing to go. We live in Texas. You know how many people tell me, what's Indonami? Why are you calling your place Indonami? Yeah. I have to tell this 10 minute story, but that's why. Is it yeah. allows me to testimony and to talk about something that means a lot to me. Yeah. So, man, bravo, bravo. Yeah. And it is, yeah. like, we are in North Texas. And so it's a mm -hmm. word that is difficult to pronounce, but yeah. you've held to it and mm -hmm. you're growing, you know, in a, yeah. so in it's a, an, it's a, it's a, we're growing in, and it's a blue ocean for sure in the market that I do, but it's not hard to kill a business. COVID has proved that. And so, yeah, uh, that was something there. So, man, we got, uh, someone just popped in, uh, Blake. Yeah. Says, good man right here, needs some t-shirts, share. These kids are uh, going to get the kids up there for the summer. 
Nice. Those yeah. are uh, some nieces and nephews, and I give them a hard time each time I see them. I'll give you guys some T-shirts if you guys promise to actually come up here. There you go. Actually put in the work. We um, Over the summer, the kids, they went into Jocko Willink. Um, you, I'm yeah. sure you're familiar with him. He's a, a good dude, man. He, Navy SEAL who's got, you know, now he's gone into um, a lot of sharing of the message of strength and internal power. And, yeah. and yeah, his uh, video, his video, what's it called? Good. That good yes. video. Yes. So I, uh, I make my college kids, all my there college guys, cause they're at the, they're the best they've ever been. Um, even most of their career, they've been the best guys on their team at all levels. And so when they get mad about something being tough, I say, good. And they're yep. like, why do you keep saying good to me? And I'm like, there watch this video. I'm like, watch this video. And so if they ever wow. complain, like, man, like, like, man, this sucks. It's just, I'm like, good. Good. Like, people, people would beg to have the suffering that you're going through right now. Good. And good. they're like, yeah, you're right. You're right, coach. So. That's so true, man. We're so blessed. Yeah. In so many ways, even on our, generally speaking, you know, I'm yeah. not, I can't speak for everyone, but even on our worst days, we're so blessed. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know, my, I live a job that most people would dream to do. I spent years crafting it and, and getting good at it and I'm still developing it. I mean, my, my, my desk is full of books that range from statistical analysis to like different ways to uh, evaluate fascial development and then um, and leadership. And so I have all these things that I just, that I get to just dive into because it matters to my job. It does. Um, but then at the same time, I'm the same guy who's going to complain when a uh, when I get a phone call from a parent who just wants to yell at me because they want. I, and it's crazy. You, most people are like parents yell at you. Oh, and like yeah, we we actually. Yeah, of I course, think it's any, and, let me interrupt you real quick, Drew. Anybody that's ever been to a little league game, look yeah. in the stands. Those oh. parents don't. I'm one of those parents, and a lot of them are great, but there's some parents that are not awesome when it comes yeah. to their kids and the way they feel that they should be treated. Uh, yes. Passionate people. And so we're, where like money gets tied into it a little bit. And so things that make people go crazy, like money, their kids, politics, we don't have politics. Um, but, oh man. So this summer, I think it's COVID related and I think it's election related, but we've asked a few parents and, you know, we basically told them you're not allowed to come back anymore. And this summer alone, we asked more families not to come back and then all of our years and operations combined. Wow. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's people who, you know, it's tough. Like we can't, we're not going to tell the kids that, but sometimes yeah. it's, it's parents who just refuse to pay. This won't update their card on file, something weird like that. Yeah. Um, and the second we're like, you kid can't come until you pay. We're like, well, I'm not going to pay. This is some, be you know, yeah. like you can't come here anymore. You can't yell at my staff like that. You can't yeah. not pay for a service. And then sometimes it's, it's just, whatever their expectations were, they approached us very poorly and we gave them chances to apologize. And when they don't, we're like, you're out of here. I mean, this summer we sold out almost every single program. Yeah. So, it was great, man. This summer yeah. was the first for our kids. And um, yeah. we, were, we were very grateful to be there yeah. Uh, yeah. along this, this road um, that we're talking about, about mental strength and fortitude, perseverance. What, I just give a little bit of inspiration to those listening out there who may be in a moment of mental self-destruction. Mm. You know, they're, they're going through it and they're, they're basically locking themselves up. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell a, a personal story. I got a kid right now. Um, I don't think he'll care because I think he loves being a role model. 
Um, he's a professional basketball player in Asia. And um, they had to change their season timeline because Americans aren't allowed in Asia anymore. 50% of the league are Americans. And so, and this is his life. This is how he pays his rent at home. This is how he feeds his family. And um, this whole time we've been working together and just, just grinding it out. He's a division one basketball player. And uh, I tell him about how most of the people who die climbing Mount Everest die close to the top. Mm. And, and the reason is, is you get so tired and you're trudging along and you're like, I, it's too far away. I just need to stop and take a break. I need to stay a day, take my mask off. I need to quit, but it's really oh. cold. It's really dangerous there. And whenever you're like trudging through all this crap and you're doing everything, it's at that moment that you go, this is the one time I can't stop. Cause when I stop, I get frozen. And mm-hmm. so I've, I've been, you know, me and him, he's telling me talk, we talk like, um, you know, almost at the top, almost at the top. It's all we say, you know, boom, almost he's, he gets top. drafted. They delayed the season almost at the top. And mm-hmm. so that's what I tell myself a lot too, especially lately. Um, this is actually the location we're in, which is an amazing location. I think God drove me here. Uh, I had to begin purchasing a different location prior to this. And um, we were approved, everything approved. We were going to go in and renovate it. And two weeks before I was supposed to put my deposit down and everything, uh, we got an, a survey back, an environmental survey that said a gas station across the street had leaked oh, 20 wow. years ago. And wow. they said we needed to do a $20,000 soil sample. Right. And it was cash. It was all cash. I couldn't get an extended Ooh, loan. For that. 20 oh grand, gosh. right? Just to test the dirt. Okay. And I was like, and I was like, I don't, I don't feel good about this because they said if it comes back negative, we'll have to spend several hundred thousand dollars digging the dirt out and replacing it with good dirt. And um, and so I was just devastated. We had just we needed to move. Our building was in disrepair, um, and I just immediately said, I can't stop. Like I'm so close to being where we need to be, and so I just started looking up places and calling people. And the location I'm in now. I was driving to another location. It just had a, a little old banner on the fence. It wasn't even online. And I called the guy and said, hey, uh, I would like to see your place. Do you have a time we can see it? He said, I'm on my way there now if you want to go look at it right now. Uh, Showed up five minutes later. I prayed and I said, if the rent is under this, then I can get a loan for this and we can renovate it for this. And he walked in and he told me the rent. And it was like a couple hundred bucks under the price I had said. Uh, and now I was like, oh no. And so we walked it through. And in three days, I brought my contractor out, my electric, all these guys out. And they're like, this is a gold mine. You know, unless there's something that is just like a dead body in the wall, like yeah. you need to sign now. Um, and so that was huge for me. Um, do you mind if I just tell like a, a, a three minute story real quick? I want you to say whatever okay. you want, Drew. Um, so this is my mountaintop story is so right here, we're in this building. And we're ready to start uh, doing all this construction. We had a very small construction budget, so we didn't need a lot of stuff done. Um, and we sent in our permits for our kitchen. And they called us, you know, like, hey, we're trying to get kitchen permits. And they called us because uh, we want to put it in a smoothie shop. We've been having kids make their own protein shakes post-workout so that we could, you know, follow and have accountability in the nutrition. And they called us and said, yeah, you can put a nutrition shop in there. We'll have to come look at it. But what's the main purpose of the buildings? You know, 12,000 square feet. And so it's a gym. It's a sports development center. We told them who we were. We had one idea, WF. And so they knew us. And they said, oh, you can have a smoothie shop there. 
you can't have a recreation center there. Oh. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I just signed a lease. We had already actually knocked some drywall out to see what the walls look like and to see what the, um, the bracing looked like. And they said, yeah, so it's heavy industrial. And so if we were in DFW, heavy industrial, you can have gyms. That's how you have breweries and gyms and stuff all okay. around heavy industrial areas. They said, Wichita Falls, we categorized it only for manufacturing. And so I'm sitting on the phone. I've got holes in walls. Um, and I'm, and I'm like, well, what does that mean? They say, we have to get it rezoned. It takes 90 days for a rezone to go into effect. 90 days put us in the middle of May. And my lease for my other location ended the first of May. And so my head's like exploding. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be closed for two weeks or I'm going to have to squat for two weeks or I'm, I don't know what I'm going to have to do. Um, and they're like, but the only way to rezone is you have to get the guys land next to you to agree to rezone. Okay. And we could not find this guy. And so they're like, you have three days for the 90 day effect or it becomes 120 days. Cause you have to wait another 30 day cycle. And, um, so I'm in this place. We're running around. I've already spent money on it. We've already had architect, you know, contracts. All these people are coming out. And uh, in, in 72 hours, I found a man that could not be found. I got his signature. I paid all my fees to the city. I got the city involved. And we began the rezone process. But we didn't have time to wait for the approval of the rezone because if we didn't start renovating the second we could on what we could do, we wouldn't be done in time. And so... Yeah. And so we're dumping, you know, my loans active for this location. We're dumping tens of thousands of dollars into cleanup and paint and removing things and doing things without permits that we can while we wait for a permit approval. And I mean, it, it was like oh Hail gosh. Mary after Hail Mary after Hail Mary. They approved it. Permits got approved. The city came in and told us we needed to plant 25 trees. A $30,000 landscaping project that we didn't have money for. A couple of Hail Marys down the road, arguing, architects coming in. They told us, you need just five trees and some shrubs. And we're like, awesome. We can do it. We had to put in a $30,000 sprinkler system. My architect walked up there a couple of days later. We we didn't have to do anything. They just miscalculated and they were just saying, you probably will. And then they just stood on that until somebody told them they were wrong. And I mean, yeah, I aged 10 years and then middle of this COVID smacks and I get shut down for six weeks. So I have a lose income. I am double overhead. I'm renovating the space. My first son is born the day of lockdown. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm just so close to the top of this mountain and I just feel like I'm dying and I'm just dying and I'm dying. But something in me just said, nah, dude, just keep climbing. Like if you stop right now, you're not going to make it. And so the city said we could open May 18th, our last permit. So our like, Official building permit kicked in May 16th. So we were approved May 16th to operate for a May 18th open. Man. That was, I mean, it was, every day I woke up and I was just like a little hungry. I lost 20 pounds. I still trained. I don't know how I trained. I think I needed an hour a day just to bang out some weights and be, be mad at something that wasn't a person. Oh my gosh. If anybody out there, come on, let's put your hands together for this story of, of faith and uh commitment man i we just saw ryan graves just commented with the fire and your story what you just said reminds me of something ryan tells me and ryan i'm probably gonna mess this up but it's something like god rewards big dreams or big plans or you know so like like god wants us to step into those massive yeah i gotta have faith for this to happen oh man and then he'll be like well 
I got you. You know, it's cool. Yes. I, got you. I mean, everybody around me, my all the, I mean, everybody who helped me were in their like 60s and 70s. They almost wanted to see it succeed as bad as I did because their businesses had done it and they're watching me scrap. You know, I never yeah. had a business loan. We bootstrapped all the way to where we were. And so when it came to getting a business loan, oh, it was bad because they're like, we well, have no credit. And I was like, I have $50,000 in equipment. Take that as credit. Right. And they're like, gym equipment's worth nothing on the resale. Uh, and so, yeah, it was a battle. And uh, each time something happened, they're like, that was close. And then I heard that was close every week for like six months. Gosh. And uh, but we did it, man. It was awesome. Definitely worth it at this point. Uh, and now you have this great story of uh, to add to the uh, to the library of life. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's oh, it gets in those moments. It feels so like, ah, but when we look back, those are the things that we're most proud of, you know, like it, it was only six, six, seven months ago. And I already look back on almost fondly, like never, I don't really want to do it again. Yeah. It, it wasn't that long ago. And I'm like, what an awesome situation that I came out of. But in the middle of it, I'm like, I think I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm fighting as hard as I can every day. And every day there's a new battle to fight. So. Dang, Drew, man. Um, Let's see. We talked about Little Caesars. That was one of my big ones that I had on here. What's what's some of the best advice anyone's ever given you, or something that maybe you you tell yourself often, other and than other than almost to the top? Which that one's say, a lot of these things. It's not like I'm the master of figuring all this stuff out. A lot of this stuff is people coming to me and and pouring into me. Um, I think it's not a, a, like a phrase. It's finding people in my life who I've seen do it well and be successful and be honest. And so um, I know guys who just, I just found them, you know, and, and they, they run businesses in town. And anytime that I'm like, man, what should I do? I, I ask them and they're like, well, I would have done this. And so when you have 10 people who you trust, who all have done great things, when you find that commonality, mm -hmm. you have to stick to that thing. Um, I think just not stopping. It's so easy to stop. It's so easy to stop. And I found um, that it's twice as hard to get going. And there you so, go. yeah. And so I've just found that I'm just unwilling to stop. Maybe I'll stop one day. I mean, most guys that, so I still compete in powerlifting. Most guys my age or my age, like they're hurt. They are broken and they don't even lift weights anymore. And they probably never will again. And I'm still the strongest I've ever been in my entire life. Like I'm still setting small, but significant PRs. And it's mm. because I just didn't stop. And I was intelligent about my effort. Oh, man. Okay. So I've got almost to the top. Yeah. Surround, surround yourself with people who you trust, who are um, pushing you or influencing you in a positive direction. Yeah. I've got that. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going. Uh, man, Drew, I, I thank you so much. I've been wanting to do this for such a long time. So thank you for sitting down with us with and having this conversation. We got Brittany. She had commented on your story was saying it was such a great story. I agree. Um, yeah. I don't get to, I don't get to talk like this a lot. And when I get invited to go speak places, it's about just the raw business side of it, how I came up with our, our, our sales, or our strategies, or it's, you know, it's about sports science. It's about talking about the details of how to do X, Y, and Z or, or nutrition. And so, this is kind of that character conversation that, you know, my job is almost like character development disguised as sports performance for a lot of kids. 
There you go. Like, okay. Yeah, like ninety percent of our kids probably aren't going to play college sports. The ten percent that do, I love them and I'm here for them. But a lot of these kids, we're a big part of their character development. We want them to be safe when they train and to have a good time. But it's that character side that I think a lot of people appreciate. Yeah. Awesome. Drew, final thoughts, anything else you want to say or anybody out there that's got any comments before we wrap this up? Go for it, Drew. What do you, what do you got? What's on Man, your mind? I, I don't know. This was an awesome conversation. I'm actually, I'm glad we, we coordinated this and figured it out. Because um, my schedule is just bonkers, constantly bonkers. And so I appreciate you having me on, man. Um, I actually enjoyed this a lot, a lot, a lot. And so I hope you can continue to find people smarter than me, more intelligent than me, who can throw wisdom in, in all of our directions. Okay, who's somebody that who's somebody you would love to see come on the show? That Jocko. Yeah. I mean, you could get Jocko on the show one day. That'd Jocko. be pretty cool. Yeah. Other, other than him, somebody who's within your influence, someone that you man. Um, the guys that I would love for you to talk to probably wouldn't. Um, okay. Not not out of disrespect, just yeah. out of generational changes. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a guy who owns, I guess it's not Texas Car, but I love, but um, Lance he. Uh, He's a big influence in my life. He helped me when I was coordinating with Wichita Christian and, uh, and he owns this business and he's done it on such a Christian basis. And he's such a good guy. And a lot of my early wisdom comes from Lane Landis. Um, a lot of people yeah. probably know him. He's a figure in the community. Um, dude is smart. Like he's such a nice guy. He's such a, I, I almost passive. And then you start talking about business and like the wheel, the tank comes out. And he spits a lot of business wisdom and character wisdom as well. Um, and who else would be somebody great to talk to? See, I, I wish I would have thought about this ahead of time because I'm sure I could create a list of 20 people. But right now, he's just the first guy that came to my Okay. Mind. Yeah. And that that's great. And if along the route of your life, if someone pops in your head and you think they would be good, uh, let me know. Because yeah. that, that's something that I was, I was like, man, I'm going to start asking these people that I'm bringing on who – are a big influence, positive, um, uplifting to me. Like who is someone close to them that, that they feel the same of. So. Yeah, man, I think it would be uh, kind of cool to get some more of my strength coach buddies on here too, or some of my former professors. Okay. Um, just cause there's just so many different venues and, you know, like being a professor where your entire life revolves around being able to construct and publish research and lead college age students. Um, they obviously are very impactful. And so I feel like having them on yeah. would be probably something really cool as well. Sweet, man. Well, I know you got a, a lot of stuff to get back to. You got kids that need to get trained up and yeah, you got the that time boy. You got to go feed that little man. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to send you away now, Drew. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Yeah, and man. You're, you're the man. And everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you loved this episode. If you're watching back, please uh, make sure you share with somebody. If if you loved Drew's story, any bit of it f felt, um, I wouldn't want to say it impacted you. Tell somebody because I've got a no I've got notes right here that where it had impacted me. But guys, uh, this is going to be episode eighty seven. So you can please share this out. Steadyfocused.com slash eighty seven. It's also on the Facebook page. Steady focused. I'm sharing it on my personal. Drew shared it on his. Tell somebody. Have a great day. Until next time, I'm your host. I'm your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. And this is Steady Focused.